Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello. Are you there? Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what happened? You yelled in my ear. I'm not ready. Oh, I was muted. So I couldn't hear anything, but I saw that you joined the call. Oh, God. Let's hope that we don't have the same issues that we've had before. <laughs> Who, us having technical issues? We oh, would God. never. Yeah. <laughs> We're the consummate professionals. Mm-hmm. Ready to do this? I am. I just had a couple things I wanted to mention before we dive into the book. Oh, no. What? No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, all right. I made a reading list. If you follow us on Instagram, you would have already seen my post about this. But I made a reading list on Amazon mm -hmm. so that you can easily access any of the books that we've talked about on the show. And you can find that list by going into the show notes and clicking the link that will take you to all of our links. The Instagram page, the Facebook group, now the reading list is on there. All everywhere, those things. Everywhere you want to be. Exactly. All the places. All the places. Fear of missing out? Well, don't. And the only other thing I wanted to mention was remind people about the reading challenge that we have going on. I have been really bad about updating the books that I've read that fit with the reading challenge, but... Maybe I'll try to post it again on our Instagram page and our Facebook group so people can get the template again to kind oh. of do the reading challenge. I hate to say this, but... <laughs> What's the reading challenge? Is it a new reading challenge? Is it the same <laughs> reading challenge? No, it's the, it's the same one. Oh, okay. In case we have new listeners, we do have a reading challenge. And if you complete the whole uh, challenge, all the it's like bingo, basically. If you read a book that fits with every square and you complete the whole box, then we will mention your name on the show. Okay, good. Because I'm like, boy, am I asleep at the wheel. <laughs> nope, it's just a reminder. It's been going on for a few months. Mm -hmm. And it's now July and we haven't talked about it in a while. So I just wanted to mention it. Oh, good idea. That's it. Now we can do the book or whatever we want. Okay. Talk about TV the whole time. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> oh my god. So much. It's like we just need to get on the phone. So yeah, the book that we're gonna talk about today is called what? Love and Curse Making by Kelly St. Clair. And it is book number one in the Magical Dating Agency series. Yes. Uh, the cover is super cute. It is cute. This book is a little different. We thought we needed to needed a break, needed to mix a it up. Of pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a rom-com 
kind of a, a, the closest thing I could think to compare it to. Yeah, I mean, how many times can you read about a guy going down on a woman before it's like, you know, let's, <laughs> let's do something else. <laughs> like, oh my God, okay. I'm usually pretty good about this, but I guess for this book, I didn't do this. You know what, in your Kindle, you open the book yes. to read it for like the first time and it doesn't open to the cover. It'll open to like chapter one or if there's a prologue, it'll open automatically to that thing. Yeah, I hate that. I want to see the cover. I've been trying to be good about going to the cover and then starting from there because sometimes you'll miss things. Like right. if there's a map or... So, so for this book, I guess I didn't do it. Oh. For some reason. Yeah. Because I started on chapter one and I honestly didn't realize until I went to type up my notes to talk about the book that there was this whole thing before chapter one that would have really helped me as a reader but I didn't see it at all until after I read the whole book. I was so mad. Are you talking about the Descendants blurb? Yes. Well, let me tell you, I just saw it just now for the first time. Oh, good. I so was trying to go back and I was like, Jesus Christ, this would have been it helpful, right? Right. Why I doesn't hate... it open to the cover? I want to look at the cover. They've spent time on the artwork. I don't know if it's a Kindle setting and we could figure out how to change it or what, but I really hate that default function on the Kindle. Yeah, if anybody, if it is something we can change and anybody knows how to do it, please let us know. Because, yeah, all of this was, <clears throat> excuse me, talked about in the book, but it was kind of hard to follow. But, yeah, this would have been good. This is like an urban fantasy. So there's humans, but then there's also mythical creatures. And these paranormal people, creatures are descendants from uh, things like Mars and Venus and Neptune and Apollo. And so there's mentions in the book about those descendants. And so in particular for this one, I think that makes the biggest uh, impact, like knowing it, is the Venus line. And it tells you before chapter one, if you read it, Venus line, the descendants are listed as a generation one descendant, is a heart master, Mm -hmm. generation two is a heart elemental or a maiden and generation three is a cupid but then it does it there there's tons in here it does it for several different gods and what their descendants would be just keep that in mind if you're going to read this book definitely kind of give that a quick look over right it'll help you understand because i was definitely getting confused in this book between the different generations that are mentioned and i kind of stopped paying attention to it because i could not remember it to save the life of me so oh, I, well i was very excited that they started with the venus because venus is my planet and so i like oh great it's all about love but i was a little concerned when i started reading i'm like not another freaking god book but it wasn't it was <laughs> no <laughs> yeah it's like i don't want to read another god book right now yeah so the gods aren't in this book but their descendants are yes if that makes sense mm -hmm. and the more generations that are coming out the more diluted their powers getting correct yes okay and because there's a cross mingling of the species i guess species is correct, right? Because yeah. they're technically different species. I don't know. But as they cross mingle and have children, it's diluting the magic or changing the magic and then creating these new generations. Correct. Yes. So that's a little background on kind of the world building.
building that is in this series. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start on chapter one or do you want me to start? Well, I can start. It it starts with uh, the main character whose name is escaping me as we're talking. I cannot believe it. Cerise. Cerise, thank you. Yeah. She is on a date with an incubus. She's letting him into her apartment and she's not really drawn to, she's not interested in him, but she's interested in getting him to her bed. And we find out that this poor girl, poor girl, Jesus, nothing compared to me, but she hasn't had sex in three years. <laughs> so when, you walk into her apartment. You're, I was a little confused because you find out that her bedposts are bubble wrapped uh, after some incident that happened the previous night. They, she's not interested in these people, but they're, they're attractive. And for her purposes, it's perfect. The people that she's trying to get in her room don't really matter. She's just trying to like check that box of finally having sex again. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going for quantity over quality yeah we find out that she has a curse put on her and the curse is that she will never find love or get to experience love so anytime she gets into a romantic situation with somebody and they start touch or try to touch or they get close to her bed something bad happens there's some kind of <laughs> calamity to the point where she has a healer's the only thing she leaves out is <laughs> the business card of a healer <laughs> Everything else has been bubble wrapped or her bed's underneath a <laughs> chandelier. She's moved it out of the way. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the guy's telling her, I'm going to rock your world. And she's like, I just want you inside me. Do you have a condom? He opens a, the condom packet and all of a sudden there's a twang and all of a sudden there's excruciating pain in her left eye. And he's like, oh God, did I just hit you in the eye with this condom. And, she, and <laughs> she's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I'm fine. It's nothing. Do you have another condom? Let's just do this. And he's all, I, meanwhile, she's got her hand over her yeah, eye. Yeah. And he's all, I'm so sorry. I, I'll be able to take your mind off of this. I swear to God. So he gets the other condom and starts to roll it on. And all of a sudden, bam, she's hit in the right eye. And he's like, oh my God, I've done this thousands, well, not thousands, hundreds of times. I'm so sorry, but she knows it's not his fault. And she's like, seriously, I'm fine. Do you have another one? And he's like, I mean, your your eyes are bleeding. She's like, no, no, they're good. I'm still game. This would be me, by the way, if I ever had an opportunity to have sex again after so long. Oh, my God. She's literally got her eyes bleeding, <laughs> covering her eyes. And she's like, no, no, let's just do this. Yeah, and uh, there's total silence, even though she can't see him, he's not talking. And she's all, this is over, isn't it? And he's like, you need a visit to the hospital. I'm so sorry. She's like, just be a gem and, and call the number on the card that's on my desk, will you? And he's like, you have a healer friend? And she's like, no, I just have one on retainer. And that's how the chapter, chapter one ends. This was a really funny start to the book. I laughed so hard when I read oh my this whole God, thing. I did too. 
And I was like, oh, please don't let this book be a disappointment because it's starting really good. It does start pretty good. And it's just so ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but not TNT eating unicorn ridiculous. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the bar now for me for ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, there's, I think we need to find another bar because so many things could be below that okay all right but then in chapter two go ahead you want to talk about what chapter two is about sure so the next day she goes to work she does some gossiping with her friend at work that person is a siren and her name is soleil soleil isn't just a work friend she's actually her bff and the only other person who knows about her love curse Mm -hmm. Other than the witch who actually did the cursing. Mm -hmm. Turns out that the two girls are co-owners of a dating agency called Yearning Hearts. And kind of sucks to own a dating agency when you are cursed to never find love. But at the same time, it makes it very easy for Cerise to find these states to go on to try to break the curse. Yes. And I really like their relationship together and oh go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no that's okay i think they have a really good friendship also Mm -hmm. so because she's trying to go on all these dates to break the curse her friend wants her to fill her in on everything that happened what happened to the saturday guy she tells her and then her friend just looks at her and she goes just to make sure i completely understand this A condom hit you in the left eye. Following this, a second condom hit you in the right eye. Is that correct? And she's like, yeah, that's that's what happened. She's like, so unless I'm mistaken, you become a blind date. And her friend gets up, walks into the photocopy room, shuts the door, and you just... All that she can hear is her friend laughing at her. And this is what a friend would do. Yeah. I'm sorry that you got injured, but also this is fucking hilarious. Yes. (laughs) That same day, a guy ends up entering the agency and Cerise thinks that he's someone there for an appointment, but he's actually a new employee hired by Soleil and his name is Austin. So Cerise handles the love side of the business and Soleil handles like the paperwork and the management things. Uh, They've had this business for five years and this is the first time that they're hiring another employee. And it turns out that Cerise isn't just good at her job. She's actually a Cupid and she can zap her magic into the computers to help assist in the matchmaking process. I was so excited when they said she was a Cupid. I'm like, oh my God, she's a Cupid. I've never read a story about a Cupid. Oh, you haven't? Raven Kennedy has a really cute Cupid book. Oh, you have to tell me about it later. So I'll put it on my list. Okay. I like that she's a Cupid also. It's kind of different. And she's super cute. She has like, is it white hair or blonde hair? I can't remember with pink tips. So she's, of course, she's got like the Cupid pink going mm-hmm, on. And sure. She's got this. Cupids have this heart tattoo kind of near their collarbone it's just really adorable i think the first generation had the tattoo and now as the the gens have been diluted cupids just draw them on they do but hers is actually real but we don't know that yet we don't know that okay spoiler spoiler alert to our spoiler alerts okay Yes. Calm down. (laughs) We're not there yet. We just found out she's a Cupid. I was so excited. We find out that the city she lives in is called 
Nepos. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there are humans living in Nepos also. Yes, there are humans there. Like I said, it's kind of like an urban fantasy, Mm -hmm. random stuff. We get some pretty good world building. She talks about how the gods basically left the world. And when they left, the generations started popping up with some of their powers or some of their abilities. And there's 12 different types of generation ones. Then we get some background on cupids and cerise in general talks about like the heart masters and the heart elementals and that they were drained for their quote love finding properties oh so that's in their blood yeah it's gross horrible and enslaved yes as a result the magic of our type was extinct except for me i still had the real juice Mm -hmm. pink magical arrows that would just love to shoot from my fingertips on a whim Mm -hmm. but couldn't so she's trying to keep her cupid abilities under wraps because she doesn't want to get taken like these other people did yeah so she has to release a little of her magic every day and that's the reason that their business is successful is because she releases some of it into their matchmaking database hello yes (laughs) sorry it's like i was muted sorry it's like her version of shooting arrows at people like a traditional cupid would Mm -hmm. she just takes that pink power and instead of shooting people with arrows she shoots it into the computers Mm -hmm. on her walk home she sees two humans and her cupid radar starts going nuts and she can't resist the urge to zap them with her magic because they're a true love match and that's very rare the people in the park are true love match Mm -hmm. and it's it's really rare and she it says that tears sting her eyes you know she's can't believe that she's sees a true love match between these humans and she kind of loses control over her ability to control her magic. She definitely doesn't want to be zapping these people because she doesn't want to get caught and they're in a park in public, but she can't control it at all. It seems like, and it just happens. Yeah. Because it's illegal for magical people to interfere with the humans she can get in big trouble yeah she thinks obeying the law might be a heck of a lot easier if breaking it didn't feel so good. yeah of course everything that feels good is bad right she ends up shooting both the man and the woman with her love arrow and she immediately has a sense of relief and the couple turns and all of a sudden they're staring in each other's eyes and they have this knowing look on their face and the woman reaches out to to cup the man's cheek and it's obviously it's going to be a beautiful future because they connected because of her arrows and she's just scared because if law enforcement sees her she's going to be in trouble Mm -hmm. or if somebody that's not law enforcement sees her they're going to want to drain her for all her powers yeah she has to stay hidden so the next day she's going through some client meetings and somebody arrives at the office and they don't have an appointment Mm. Uh yeah Uh-oh. So this new arrival is Detective Devereaux Vincori, and he's there to investigate a, quote, abuse of power Uh-oh. that happened in the park yesterday. So that 
like you said, law enforcement caught on pretty damn yeah. quick. He says that there was a witness in the park to the events, and he wants to know Cerise's whereabouts for that time. Yeah, and Cerise is like frozen. She's got a customer sitting at her desk, but she's only half listening because she's listening to what this detective is saying. She's definitely freaking out internally. Yeah, and so like tells him, oh, you've got to be wrong. The witness was a Sprite, and... The sprite said, reported seeing a burst of pink or purple magic. She said, well, you know, sprites aren't well known for their reliability. He's like, well, I still need to talk with her. Okay, I want to read how he's described. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Please, go, go right ahead. So when she finally sees him up close, she thinks, cool gray eyes set upon me. Too assessing and too observant for comfort. The difference in our heights became more obvious the closer I drew to him, and from the small glimpses between the folds of his coat, I was able to confirm my earlier suspicions. There was something about a broody man that women like, and the detective had that quality in droves. Midnight impressions and dusk mysteries were only reinforced by his single personal item, a brown leather bracelet on his left wrist. Mm. I absolutely loved that last I did line too. description. All I could imagine was him naked wearing nothing but that bracelet <laughs> around it, that leather thing around his wrist. Yeah, midnight impressions and dusk mysteries. That's good. Yeah, they had me at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, I'm it. I'm such a whore. I don't care. <laughs> Before he ends up leaving and while he's talking to her, she gets a flash of something in his eyes and his eyes actually change colors. Mm -hmm. The gray eyes flashed a vivid blue and a small noise escaped my parted lips. Knox's third boob. This guy was a berserker. (laughs) Our favorite. I do love a berserker. Yeah, don't we all? Her being a Cupid and him being, as soon as it said he was a berserker, I was like, I'm trash for this man. Yeah, and it's funny because (laughs) when he talks, when she is describing him and says he talks, she says he sounds like he's bored. But it's, I think it's just him trying to keep control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think he's very like outwardly calm, but he's got that like inner berserker rage that could come out at any time. Yeah. And he tells her, you got to come to the station. You know, I need to talk to you. And she's like, oh, I'll come as soon as I'm available. And he's like, make sure you do. She says at her first convenience, uh, she's obviously finding it not very convenient to see him because she doesn't go immediately. She waits a while. Oh my God, their interaction's great. Later on, her and Soleil go to the nail salon. Like I said, she's in absolutely no hurry to go to the station. While she's at the nail salon, she hears some news of some odd criminal activity that's happening around town. Not her criminal activity, something else. (laughs) Someone is actually digging up heart elementals. Mm. Which, why are they doing that? Even the people in the salon are like, you need their blood or like their body fluids. You don't need their bones. So why are people digging up heart elementals? That's kind of a mystery to be solved. Yeah, we we find out that her, uh, her mother was a maiden not 
a heart element. But her father was, right? He was a heart element. This is one of the things that would have helped me understand more as I was reading the book if I had read that damn Descendants yeah. line info before I started the book. Because in the Descendants lineage, it says that maidens are from the same generation as heart elementals. So, okay. But like I said, I didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't either. I... Yeah, I miss that whole thing. Oh, There's well. also a weird thing in here where she's talking about her, she's thinking and she's thinking about her father's grave and she says he doesn't have one, just a plaque. And she said he died because shitty people drained him a long time ago and law enforcement never found the body. That's her dad, but then I think her mom does have a grave, but she hid yes. it so that she wouldn't get... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, vandalized. Yes, that's correct. But I think because her father's a heart element, yeah, I don't know why his plaque isn't by her mom. Well, anyway, go ahead. Maybe the plaque is somewhere public so she can visit it and not worry about people seeing it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, possibly, since everything's got to be secret and hidden to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to give some background. We start getting some background on their company. Okay, go ahead. But you can say whatever you wanted to say first if you want. Uh, I was just going to say that we we meet a friend of hers that's called Jetta. She comes walking up to her and says, I know, remember the favor you asked me? And she she gets excited. She goes, oh, your friend's back in town? And she's like, yeah, she is. Um, she's in the city. Do you want me to still set up a meeting? And Sarah says, absolutely. And she thanks her. And she says, well, it's the least you can do. I can do after you help me with my ex. And I guess Jed is mm -hmm. amused. Or her ex was amused. And they had a bad breakup. So that happens in this chapter. But what also happens is we just get a little bit of information about their company. Like I said, it's called Yearning Hearts. They could have a 100% success rate because of her powers. But in order to avoid detection, they actually have a mathematical thing that they've done and they've settled at an 84% success rate, mm -hmm. which kills Cerise a little bit inside her Cupid mm -hmm, side. Yes. But she really has to avoid the detection. If they had a 100% success rate, it would be very obvious what her powers were. Uh, we also find out that their biggest competitor is a company called Pickup, which is the Tinder version of the dating agencies. It's not really about true love. It's more about hookups. Might as well be called right. hookups instead of pickup. <laughs> and Soleil comes from one of the 12 wealthiest families in the town. But she left all of that behind to forge her own path in life, get away from her toxic family, and start this business with Cerise. So we get all that background in addition to Cerise getting this meeting set up with her friend Jetta. By her friend Jetta, I should say. Yeah, and there's more discussion between her and Soleil about... Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. okay. I thought... I heard a click, so I thought we got disconnected. Sorry, that was... I was trying to mute myself, and I accidentally pressed it way too okay, hard. That's, that's okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, we find out a little more about these grave diggers and how, you know, Solis is really scared for Cirrus. And Cirrus is, is a little concerned too. Oh yeah, she's definitely, it's one of those things she always has to be cautious about because of her magic. She's just always known she has to be careful, but with this happening, it's 
put her even more on edge. Yeah, and then we find out that Jeddah has set up a meeting with her witch friend. Her name is Yessa. Yes, okay. that is her name. Yessa. So, they, <laughs> so they're going to meet at a bar that's called uh, Duke's Dive. And she's like, oh, Duke's Dive. And then we find out that Cyrus used to work, work there. And then she went to work for B Sharp. And that made the guy that owns Duke's Dive hate her and put her on the don't want you here list. But she's so desperate to have this curse removed, she's going to go anyway and meet Yessa there. She's going to go for the meeting, but she basically has to sneak in to the bar so that she doesn't get caught by the owner mm -hmm. having her meeting right. there. So she has that meeting with Yessa. She's talking to Yessa about how she can get this curse lifted from her because she really wants to find love again. When the witch finds out who cursed Cerise, she's basically like, you're screwed. Yeah. Like nobody can help right. you. This witch that cursed you is a very powerful witch and I would have to be equally powerful to reverse it and I'm not. Plus I wouldn't really want to help you because I don't want that person to find out that I helped you. That witch, her name is Vera Calzane. Cerise is like getting very desperate because last ditch effort for her mm -hmm. to meet up with Yessa and get information. Witches are very cagey and they don't like to talk to people that aren't witches. Right. They're very clicky. Yes, very mm -hmm. clicky. That's a good way to put it. Cerise is like, well, if you don't help me, like I'm I'm not going to find another witch to talk to me. Like I, I'm only talking to you because like my friend is setting up this meeting. So please, like, please help me. Please give me any suggestions you can. Yes, it tells her she really only has two things that she can think of that can help reverse this curse from the witch. She suggests to either find a genie and make a wish uh -huh. or she can do something that sounds horrible, which is find a demon to take her to someplace called the flip side <laughs> and that the curse wouldn't survive the journey. Yeah. What the hell? That sounds bad. And I feel like if the curse wouldn't survive the journey, neither would Cerise. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's pretty desperate. I'm not saying she's not desperate enough to try it. I'm just saying that sounds like the worst option ever. You do a lot of crazy things for the D, I guess. Yeah. And on top of everything <laughs> else, she looks up and do has spotted her and he's headed her way and he's furious. He's pissed. He ends up kicking her out of the bar. He's trying to kick her out. Just her. She's like, I need my purse. I left my stuff at the table. He's like, just get out. Uh, mystery detective, Detective Hottie ends up showing up just in time to save her and help her get away from Duke and get out of the bar. And get her purse back. Mm -hmm. That apparently weighs a ton. Why did I have to hear about this stupid purse like a hundred times in this book? There, there's like the purse. <laughs> there's there's something's going on with this purse, but we don't find out what exactly it is. This is actually something that really annoyed me about this book because the purse is constantly referred to about it's big, it's super heavy. She doesn't yeah, know what's she doesn't in it. know what's in it. She can't be bothered to clean it mm -hmm. out. We never find out at the end of the book what was in this mystery bag. Is this just some cliche about women not caring about their purses and how women's purses always weigh a lot? I didn't get it at all. Uh, are you a little defensive about that? Are you a little sensitive about the women joke with the purses? Why are you so... Um... No, <laughs> no, I'm not sensitive about it at all. I'm just trying to figure out what's her motivation for writing so much about this purse in the book because we never do find out what the deal was with well, it. Well, I'm sure we so, do 
Okay. What was I don't know because we don't find out in this book. Okay. Well, that was an end rant I was going to do for this book, but I'm doing it now in the middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, Duke is is pissed off. He ends up walking away. The detective tells her, you know, I expected you at the station three days ago, and she's like, "Time flies, doesn't it?" He's like, "Well, you seem free now. Let's uh, go downtown." She's supposed to bring her testing papers. Which she has fake papers, which I guess her grandparents got for her. So that, I guess they test you. All these books, they test your magic and then label you. So to keep her from being found out, they got her fake test papers. But anyway, she he says, let's go. She's like, I don't have my papers. He's like, that's fine. We'll just take your statement. And then it says, it's time to lie my ass off. And she says, I got to go home. I have a cat that is diabetic. If I leave her too long, it's going to kill her. He's like, well, it's not going to take long. This lie was hilarious. It was hilarious. (laughs) She Who thinks of making up something about a diabetic cat and that you have to go home and feed your cat before it dies? I don't know, but he's dragging her along and he stops at something called the trilling playhouse and she's like why are we stopping and he goes i have an errand that's not going to take long she goes okay just don't forget about my cat and he's like your diabetic cat how could i (laughs) 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 oh my god this part of them going to the trilling playhouse i thought was really stupid i could have like done without this but they go into this jazz bar called the trilling playhouse he is there to talk to a brownie named mantle there's this whole interaction where jazz pixies get mad because he's there she does a bunch of like what do you even call it like shoe opping like jazz talking (laughs) with these people yeah Yeah. (laughs) what what do you even call this that they do i don't know because the a group of these jazz pixies come in the detective sitting at their booth and they uh-huh. start talking to him in this shoe-opping talk and he doesn't know what's going on but apparently Cyrus is versed in it <laughs> it's like a whole other language yeah so then you have like pages of jazz references things like throw a dollar in my hat lady wings let me play a while see if i can tune his sax yeah you gotta move man that's what i told him like what the fuck is happening well that's what the detective asked her (laughs) he's like what are you doing and she's all saving your ass and then to the pixie she's all big man don't know the keys it's like a whole other (laughs) language it was it was a little cute but it went on for way too Mm. long and i could have done without it long story short He's distracted with his talk with the brownie and this whole interaction that happened with the pixies. So she's able to sneak out of the trilling playhouse and she doesn't end up going with him to the station. Oh my God, she's so funny. She's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to get out of here. He's busy. So then at the end of the week, it's Friday, which for Cerise is date night. Mm-hmm. She goes out every single Friday and Saturday for these dates to break the curse. And they're not breaking the curse per se, but they're slowly wearing down how effective the curse can be. She's at this point had about 300 dates. How awful. Pretty serious commitment to get your love back. (laughs) Yeah. Some guy named Fenton from that company pick up the Tinder version of them arrives at their office during the day. He's there to do some snooping, a little bit of light trash talking. He has an assistant with him named Jake. 
that assistant is also from the Venus line, the Cupid heart elemental people. Uh, he might work for the enemy, but he's really not that bad. And him and Cerise have a pretty decent talk about what's happening to the Cupid people in general. Yeah, they're a little community and they they are all sharing information to try to keep everybody safe in their community. They have like an underground network of chat rooms and stuff so they can go in there and check on each other and make sure everyone's safe and okay. Mm -hmm. That was kind of cute. I liked that. Mm -hmm. We find out about her grandparents too taking her in after her parents died. We find out a little bit of everything, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't write any of that down. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. And when she's at work. If you say it happened, I believe okay, you. Okay. When she's at work, Solis uh, or, or Soleil says to her, uh, there was a, there's a note addressed to you that was stuck on the door. And lo and behold, it's from the detective again. And he says. <laughs> it's another bid for her to come to the yeah, station. Yeah. He, he's all the <laughs> station by Sunday. And then he signs it. And he's all P.S. I hope your cat lived. <laughs> And she's like, God, he's stubborn. Uh, yeah, he's just trying to do his job, lady. Yeah. So like I said, it's Friday. It's Friday. So Friday evening is the date. Date doesn't go well. Big shocker. Mm -hmm. Her date ends up leaving before he even starts eating his dinner. The detective arrives at her dinner date location. And he ends up eating the date's food. Because like I said, the date didn't eat any of it. I kind of liked this. I thought this was very funny because she... Call, she keeps calling her date by the wrong name. He's <laughs> blabbing on endlessly. She can't even listen to him. He's so fucking boring. And all of a sudden, here's the detective. And she's all, detective, this is Chester. And he's all, it's Chase. For the, for like the fourth time he stole her. And the detectives uh -huh. just start laughing and goes, first date, first date. And she says, yeah. And he goes, I want to make sure you got my message. And she's all, message? You know, she like feigns like she doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I didn't get a message. The date ends up leaving because the detective came over and outed her for having to have some sort of police interaction. So the date got worried and left, which I thought was pretty funny. He basically ruined the date for right. her. But I really liked this scene with them because she's sitting, I could totally picture it. She's sitting on an outside patio where she sits like every yeah. Friday where she comes to this restaurant for mm -hmm. the dates. So she's sitting on the outside patio and then the detective is on the other side of the patio fence railing mm -hmm. and he's leaning on the railing and he ends up eating the dinner from that side of the railing. He doesn't actually sit down with her. I just loved it. It was so like different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could picture the whole thing where he's just so casual. I don't know. It was just kind of cute. Yeah. I, this is when they start getting along a little better, I think. I think it helps that when he goes to leave after eating all the food, he leaves $50 to help pay for the bill. Yeah, because she's that like, great, really not only did I lose my date, but now I got to pay for his freaking food, too. And she goes to pick up her gigantic bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when she gets up, she, he's thrown $50 on the table and he's gone. But tomorrow's a new That's day. Right. So <laughs> the next day, Cerise and Austin are meeting up outside of work for like a team building event. That's so late. I fucking hate these things yeah. in real life. So late. 
they the are worst. the worst. Uh, Soleil set up this meeting. She thought it was just a coincidence that Austin was there. He's like, no, we're here for the meeting. She's like, oh. This is another characteristic of Cerise. Not only does she never know what's in her fucking purse, but she can't remember conversations she's had with people. Yeah, that's... Reminded of me. Constant. So Lay's like, I told you, you know, several times that Austin was coming to work for us. Oh, I forgot everything about it. Oh, I told you we were having this team building event. Oh, I forgot about it. It's like how it would know. make me crazy. It's kind of weird if I, that were my co-owner of a business. Mm-hmm. Be like, get it together, girl. Yes, I agree. But this team building thing is a good way for us to find out some background information on Austin. Yes. And we also get a little bit of background on Soleil that Cerise thinks about. So Austin basically has an arranged marriage that he's supposed to go through with, but he doesn't want to. Because he's all... He's not really interested. Well, you forgot to mention, we find out that he's also from from a very wealthy family that's one of the 12. We find that out, but we don't find out which family. And we don't find out later, until later, what his powers are. Austin's like a mystery because he comes from this wealthy, almost like a royal family. Mm -hmm. And he's got this arranged marriage, but he's not interested in it because he doesn't love that woman. Wasn't he a baby when they made this arrangement that the the woman's family helped his family? And as a concession, they agreed that when he grew up, they would be wed. Poor guy. This has been, like you're saying... Something that's been going on for his yeah. whole life. But then we also find out that Soleil has gold feathers. Yeah. And that she's trying to relocate some of her gold feathers. Cerise has the witch curse. Soleil has some missing feathers. And Austin has this betrothal he doesn't really want. I never understood this part about Soleil because she's a siren. I was going to ask you. Why does she have feathers? Because they said she has wings. But si- I... Was hoping you could explain that to me. I don't understand at all. I've never heard of a siren having me either. Sirens are water creatures. So what the hell? Uh, Maybe we should read about her uh, descendant path. Maybe there's something in that. Oh, let me go back and look because. And while you're doing that, I just want to also mention that when Austin's talking about his family, Cerise tells him a little bit about this brownie or something and he's like oh yeah we had brownies well they're so wealthy they had two of them we find out that brownies are normally named after like that one brownie that the detective met with was named mantle they're named after an object in the house he said oh yeah we had two brownies our brownies were named doormat and settee i'm (laughs) like oh my god and apparently brownies are they shun their own children and if they they shun their children they're gremlins it's all very confusing that was kind of weird because the brownies the next generation becomes those gremlin things you're talking about it did make me laugh that brownies are house elves yes and so that they're constantly named after things in the house that was kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) that's great I looked at the generation yeah. thing. Sirens are from the Neptune line. Generation one says water master. Okay. Generation two says water elemental, water guardian, or earth guardian. Generation three is a selkie, a mermaid, a siren, or a kraken. 
Krakens are. Yeah, they cool. are. All of those fucking things are water things. So why does she have golden feathers? I don't know. She okay. sold three of her feathers to come up with the money to start for her half of the purchase of the business. And when she sold those three feathers, it kind of weakened her a little. So now she's trying to get her feathers back so she can once again be full strength and be her full self. Yes, kind of like how Cerise isn't getting her full potential because she can't access her true love mm -hmm. side. They're at this event. Like we said, it was arranged by Soleil. Who's late. She never, she's super late. She never ends up showing well, up. Well, they end up saying there's something wrong. She's never late. Well, she calls them and says that the reason she's not there is because the office got broken into. That's horrible. Yeah. So Cerise runs, or Cirrus runs like a lunatic to the office and she gets her before Austin and the whole office is destroyed. Things are busted. The computers are missing. Oh God, here comes Mr. Big. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> who who would have thought a 10 pound dog could drive such fear in, in my heart? So the computers are missing and the ladies think that it was Fenton, that guy from the pickup company. And... Let's see. The detective shows up on the scene, even though it's not, you know, his department, and he takes over the he takes over the scene. Mm -hmm. She does finally end up going down to the station with him. This part was kind of funny because when she's at the station, she starts thinking kind of naughty thoughts about Detective Devereaux. Mm -hmm. And he ends up hurting himself twice because of her <laughs> oh, curse. Oh, yeah, this is so terrible. <laughs> I was thinking maybe he can break her curse, but apparently it happens even still with him. Mm -hmm. It's pretty funny, though, the way that he hurts himself. Uh, she gets questioned for, I think, approximately two minutes. That's being generous. I think he asked her one or two questions for the official statement. And then he just thanks her for her time and goes to let her leave. Right. She's, however, getting a little too into him and thinking too many dirty thoughts about him because all of a sudden the overhead sprinklers in the building start going off. Mm -hmm. And this part... <sighs> This part kind of broke my heart a little bit because he ends up picking her up and like running her out to like rescue her. Yeah. She's so love deprived and touch deprived that she's just focusing on the fact that he's able to touch her at all. Yeah. Oh, I like my heart broke a little bit for her. Poor thing. Yeah, but she's like, oh, there's a man. She's thinking a man is holding me in his arms. A man I was attractive to. She just, it says, I closed my eyes and absorbed the feel of his arms around my back and the other one under my knees. Yeah. Watching me, the detective slowed to a complete stop as his cool gray gaze shifted over my face. And she's all, please put me down. She wants him to hold her. But then at the same time, she's afraid that something even worse right. will happen because he's touching yes. her. He puts her down and then they're approached by some man from the Nepos Bureau of Crime. Yeah. And he says that he's going to take over the case for further investigation. Yeah. That's kind of weird. And he's Devereaux's supervisor or his superior. So it's like, why? Devereaux just tells her like, Get a yeah. lawyer. I don't know what's going on, but you need a lawyer. lawyer up. They have to deal with the cleanup from the break-in. They're starting to get some backlash or lost business because of the break-in. Because there was a news article that was written about the break-in. 
And so some clients are starting to cancel on them and go to that rival business pickup, which gives them all the more reason to think that it's that guy Fenton that's responsible for the break-in. Right. And that assistant, Jake, is missing. Yeah. Uh, Cerise goes to walk home from work one day she ends up getting chased by somebody the guy doesn't end up getting caught but the detective is around again and he ends up i think he ends up walking her the rest of the way to her apartment right because he ends up going in her apartment oh right <laughs> yeah i have to find the quote though for when he goes <laughs> in her apartment for the first time oh my god can you imagine he goes in to her apartment and the first thing he says is where's your cat <laughs> She goes, she's all, what? He goes, your diabetic cat that you were worried of would die unless you returned home. I assume that was the reason you decided to leave trilling and go against my order to wait. My cat, golly, my cat. Has she gotten out again? Today is just not yeah. my day. How would she get out? Bathroom window. So he goes to her bathroom <laughs> and he goes, there's no window there. Oh my God. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. And of course he- It's hilarious. He sees the bubble wrap around her bed post and that her bed's been moved. It's just hilarious. He doesn't say anything, but she's like, oh God, he's going to think I'm a sex depraved maniac. That's kind of a weird thing to be into, but I guess. But yeah, it is kind of odd that her <laughs> her bed's in a weird spot. Well, it's because uh, everybody gets hurt. All the men get hurt that come back to her apartment. That's why she... I know that's why she does it. But for him, it's like obviously a little off-putting when you walk in there and there's all this weird shit happening in her bedroom. Well, a lot of people are obsessed with the bubble wrap popping of the bubbles. So maybe that's what he thinks it is. Who knows? Interesting. Mm. Okay. okay. <laughs> the detective wants to question Soleil's family and see if they were involved in the break-in because it turns out that they are some financial backers of the rival company pickup. Mm. Bastards. Because they're livid that their daughter left, Soleil left to start this business and they want her back home. So they're funding her yeah. enemy. Then we do find out a little bit more about Soleil, like I talked about, and her missing feathers. Cerise finally finds that genie to make a wish. This guy's absolutely no help at no, all. No, he's not. He just tells her that the person who can reverse her curse is the person who placed it. That's kind of a waste of her time. Mm -hmm. Is it? This was a very long interaction in the book for him to just tell her to go to the person who made the right. curse <laughs> to begin with. So maybe it was a waste of yeah, my time. Okay. Cerise ends up going with Devereaux to question Soleil's parents. Oh, it's kind of weird because when they go to the parents' house, they're in a carriage? Yeah. This book is a weird mix of modern technology, but then also old things. Yeah, I did. Because I was picturing like a horse. Yeah, I carriage. was too. And I was confused. So, but, you know, whatever. He's able to hold her hand to help her out of the carriage. The meeting with the parents doesn't really, doesn't really get anything resolved or done. It just kind of pisses everybody off. Yeah. And is a waste of time. Well, we find out Detective Devereaux's father was a certain type of Soleil's father apparently is just a bastard and so he says things about the detective about I'm sorry you know ha what happened with your father he brings up the fact that his father had to get put down because he was a rage and that he was the last 
rage that there was. So this might be interesting. The Berserkers are from the Mars line and the Rage is a Generation 1. Berserker is Generation 2 and there are no Generation 3s from the Mars line. Oh, that is interesting. Okay. Which is another thing. If I had seen this stupid thing before I read, I could have picked up on that sooner. Yeah, yeah. And that once a a rage goes crazy, they can't come back. So they have to get put down. It was very sad. The detective kind of talks about how the berserker side of him, he's always kind of cut off from it because he can't give into it because he doesn't want to end up like how his dad did. Kind of like a shifter where the shifter has their animal form, but then also their human form is kind of how I was picturing his berserker tendencies or power, I guess I should call Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. But okay, so on the carriage ride home from this interaction with Soleil's mm-hmm. dad, Cerise finally admits and realizes that she has feelings for Devereaux. Admits it to herself. Right. She doesn't say right. it to him. He ends up asking her out to dinner because yeah. of the curse. The curtains in the carriage are <laughs> bursting so in the Oh, awful. <laughs> Oh, poor thing. Yeah. And she thinks what the way to handle it is that to try to get rid of the curse first because she feels like she could really be interested in him and that there could be something, but she doesn't, I don't know why she doesn't just tell him, but she doesn't tell him. She just tells him there's things going on in my life right now where I can't, I can't date you, but maybe down the road, right? She, at this point, she doesn't answer him at all. Oh. So at this point, she doesn't respond to his question about the date because the carriage caught fire. Oh, that's right. She she wants to ignore the question. Yeah. So the next chapter opens with her. I think she's at work again and she's talking to Soleil or something or telling Soleil that this is what happened and I didn't answer him. And I don't don't know what to tell him and I'm going to try to avoid him for a little bit and hope he forgets that he asked me out. It's not a very good plan on her part, but Yeah, it's kind of... I mean, I feel like she could just tell him the truth, but they just have to have this unnecessary conflict and drag this story Mm -hmm. out. Then the next thing is Cirrus and Austin start to walk to the print shop. He asks her to go with him because the guy at the print shop is grabbing his ass and (laughs) doing all kinds (laughs) of little handsy. (laughs) He's all come with me to protect me. Mm-hmm. So they're walking down the street and they're talking and all of a sudden she sees the, the, his eyes roll in the back of his head and he drops to the ground and she sees a dart in his neck and she jumps down and pulls the dart out. She's asking him, are you all right? A lot of things happen in this chapter. Yeah. So Austin gets magically knocked out. Some random guy appears and he has this contraption called a Venus trap, which- it's horrible. I was picturing like a little birdcage. Yeah. I don't know why I was picturing a little birdcage. Well, but... I think that's what it is. So this thing like is trying to suck her into it like a genie going into the lamp. It's trying to, I guess it's called a Venus trap because she's on the Venus line. She gets, starts to get sucked into this thing called the Venus trap. But then Austin is able to recover from that magical dart and he he basically bursts into yeah. flames and that scares the attacker off. Yeah, he bursts into blue flames. Mm-hmm. We also find out in this chapter what Austin Finally. is for his magical yeah. 
mm-hmm. our Austin's a Yay! phoenix. If the flames didn't give it a away, very, very rare phoenix, a blue phoenix, and that's why these people are so hot about him marrying their daughter. And the phoenixes only ever have one child, so that's part of the reason why he's really adamant that he doesn't want to marry her. Because if he has a kid with this random person, mm-hmm. it's going to be the only kid he's ever going to have. Oh, and he uh, Austin also overheard this guy that was trying to abduct her. I guess they shrink down. Down in get sucked into the Venus trap, and then the trap is so small it can go in his pocket. They're illegal, but it sounded terrifying while it was happening. But he heard the guy that was trying to kidnap Cirrus call her a heart element, and he says that, and she's like, "Oh God, does he know?" She's hoping that Austin didn't hear that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because she doesn't want anybody to find out that she's actually a heart elemental and not a cupid. Well, when she says to him, your flame scared him off, he whispers heart element. And that's when she's like, oh, God. Yeah, no, he he knows. knows. (laughs) And then, you know, there's somebody, there's a cop there. And they run up to her and they're like, are you all right? What happened? And she just says the detective's name to, to call him. And she's like, get him. And he's like, what type are you? And she's all a Cupid. I'm a Cupid. It's so sad because this crazy person is trying to kidnap the Cupids. Cerise got a little beat up in this interaction. Uh, Austin got really messed up from that dart and from bursting into flames. So yeah. Like- <laughs> Yeah, poor guy. When they, he has to be seen by the healers. Devereaux and Soleil fuss over Cerise. Oh my God, Soleil loses her mind. Well, yeah, Yeah. obviously. She's like terrified that her, uh, Cerise isn't just her friend, but she's basically her family at this point because she doesn't have any actual blood family. Yeah, and you know, her, her talons are out. She's shifting oh my god she's just livid when she gets to the station and she's the cops are even scared of her it says talons and fangs out and wings held slightly out of her body so lay takes in the many scratches and bruises covering me including the huge purple and blue welt on my left cheek so Lei sounds a little scary when she goes into her siren mode. I like her. I like her too. She's just very uh, fierce. Yeah, but when she goes full siren. This is when they mention again the wings. While they're at the station, Fenton from pickup gets dragged into the station to get booked for the break-in at Yearning Hearts. He's yelling that he was set up. And now Cerise is kind of having second thoughts as to if Fenton actually is the perpetrator from that crime. Yeah. They go to resume business as usual. Uh, Cerise, she tries to make a date with a werewolf. Because like you said, she's still going to try to lessen the curse before she actually goes out with Devereaux. Mm -hmm. She's not able to make that date with the werewolf. Because it's kind of funny when she calls the guy's mom answers. (laughs) And hangs up because they're so particular about keeping their line pure for their children. That was kind of funny. Uh, She does end up going out with a guy, though, like a random guy that I think Soleil sets her up with. The whole date is a complete disaster. A Devereaux sees her on the date and she still hasn't answered him. And he's pissed. About when he asked her. Yes. She ends up taking that random guy home with her anyways. Because she's so desperate to break this curse, like we Mm -hmm. said. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, the disaster was that he like... Uh, boomeranged 
off of the bed and like went through the ceiling. I think oh, that right. was his disaster. Yeah. And Soleil was with her, but upstairs. And she's like, what happened? <laughs> she yells through the hole <laughs> in the ceiling. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this date's over. They end up having an event for yearning hearts. And Cerise spots one of Soleil's feathers. Yeah. Uh, Soleil goes full siren, based almost, mm -hmm. in order to get that feather back. <laughs> to the point where the people attending the event are freaking out because she's about to lose her mind. Yeah. Uh, she's able to get her feather back, though. So that's at least good progress for Soleil. Oh, after Soleil gets her feather back, how does this come about? Cerise, she ends up kind of leaving the event a little bit because, oh, the event was a matchmaking event. That's what it was. And so because the matchmaking event is sort of triggering Cerise's Cupid, you know, uncontrollable shooting of the arrows, Cerise has to remove herself a little bit from the event. Mm -hmm. But... In doing so, she goes so far removed, she ends up running into that kidnapper guy yeah. again. She ends up fighting with him. She hits him with a couple defensive charms. She uses this like magical beeper type thing to call Devereux for help. He arrives on scene, but he doesn't help her immediately. That was kind yeah, of bizarre. Yeah, what is that? That's never explained. I'm not sure what the deal was with that. Uh, turns out that the attacker is Duke from Duke's Dive. He was trying to capture Cerise in that Venus trap in order to use her to make his last girlfriend fall in love with him again. And he ends up killing himself at the end of this whole confrontation instead of going into custody yeah kind of creepy. creepy a little while later a few days later i'm not really sure they have another work event and this is a speed dating event Devereux attends but he wants to ask her a bunch of questions he's not there as a participant he tells her that he thinks that duke probably was not the same person who broke into her office they kind of talk a little bit about that date that he asked her out on that she never responded to him for. Mm -hmm. She gives him a brush off, which is so yeah. sad. Kind of like you were saying before, I, th I think you said this earlier, I I'm kind of into you, but I can't pursue things right now because I have a lot of things happening in my life and I got to clean up all these other things before I could focus on you. That kind of brush off is what she gives him. Yeah, but she does tell him if you're still available. She doesn't tell him about the right. curse, but she does say, I have some things I need to take care of. And if you're still free, I would like to pursue something in the future. Oh. Basically is what she says. And we forgot to mention, we also find out at one point why she was cursed. Because I'm like, all this time, I was like, why the hell did she get this curse? She, The witch put the curse on her because she was out on a date with a guy that told her he had recently, he was in a relationship and it had recently ended. And there were no hard feelings between him and his ex. And he wanted to start dating her. But it turns out that wasn't true. Or at least the ex didn't think it was true. The ex was the witch that cursed her. Vera is the one that, that mm -hmm. cursed her because she was heartbroken that her, the guy that she loved was cheating on her with Cirrus. The book basically ends with them deciding that they're going to be friends mm -hmm. at this yeah. point. He says he's going to need help figuring out what's going on with the missing cupids because that mystery is still unsolved. She said that she'll help him. So they're going to start 
hanging out together. He's basically inventing ways to yeah. hang out with her that aren't romantic. So that was cute. And she's basically agreeing. And the book ends with Cerise getting a letter from Vera Calzane saying that she'll meet up with her. Yeah, because Cerise sent her a letter saying, I'm so sorry that this happened. I know you're heartbroken, but I'm like a, a heart element and for me to never to be able to experience love for the rest of my life, it's I'm being less than who I am. And I feel like I'm basically dying, you know, and she said, I'm so sorry that this, this hurt you, but he, I was told he was not in a relationship and I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. And Vera answers her. That letter that you're referring to is actually after the end of the chapter. It's like an their version of an epilogue is how I thought of yeah, it. Yeah, I thought... But I kind of like that we get to read the letter. Yeah, the letter was really good, I mm -hmm. thought. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And that's it. So that's how the yeah. book ends. We have some unanswered questions. There really wasn't any romance, but there's like building romance... Very different from what we normally read. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think of the book and what did you rate it? I thought it was pretty funny, but I have way too many unanswered questions. Obviously, this is book one in the series, mm -hmm. but I would have liked a couple more answers to things. Like, what's the deal with Austin and his mystery betrothed? Is that something we're going to figure out in future books? And I really went through most of this book thinking that Austin was going to be the bad guy. Well... Because Austin is so mysterious. I still think he is the bad guy. Yeah, it's possible. It's kind of cagey how he's written and described. Yeah. I have to marry this mystery woman thing. I don't know. There's something happening with Austin that I want more information right. about. And the 12 families. And there's all kinds of stuff. Corruption going on. I already went on my tote bag rant. Oh, yeah. About her <laughs> purse. <laughs> <laughs> okay that was annoying okay then another thing that was really weird that happened a lot in this book that i don't know is this a thing that people actually do in real life cerise is constantly eating avocado and chocolate what the fuck was that uh, thank you what is happening here this combination every time i read it made me want to yeah barf. i've heard of putting avocados in brownies to make them creamier it, this is not how she's eating this avocado and chocolate like it was the weirdest thing is it just an attempt to make her quirky i don't know it's just making me want to barf i, I don't get i just it. scan that part because i'm like what the fuck does this have to do with anything and who would do this like putting salt on your watermelon i don't understand people that do that another little thing that is an unanswered question Devereaux and cerise both have those bracelets they do Yes, because, so she makes a point of mentioning that he's wearing a brown leather bracelet when she sees him for the first time. And in other parts of the book, she thinks about how she never got a Cupid's bow that would traditionally be received at age 21. She never got that. And she thinks how she only ever has this like leather strap around her wrist as a bracelet. What was the deal with that? I did because even, I don't know. I didn't even put two and two together. When Devereaux picks up that Venus trap, yeah. there was a bow, a Cupid's bow in it. And he questions her, like, are you sure you've never seen this bow before? Because he's trying to say, like, is this your bow or something? Well, no, he thinks it's the guy that's missing. Well, yeah. So he's like questioning her about the bow. And she makes a point of saying, I never got a bow. Right. I don't know whose bow yeah. that is. 
And so there's a couple times she mentions not getting the bow and instead she has that strap thing. So why do they both have the straps that are similar? Are they faded mates? And are, are the straps like hindering their ability to get together or helping? I'm not really sure. So hopefully that's answered in a future book. Yeah. Are you going to read future books? I don't know. This was a really easy mm -hmm. read. I think it was like 200 250 pages just mm -hmm. about it was kind of funny uh super easy future books are going to be about her and Devereaux like how many books does it take until they actually get together I don't like when there's unnecessary conflict in the relationship just to make a series last longer can they just get together and work together to solve crimes I, <laughs> I guess I don't not know. I don't know I, I don't like the fact that you're forced to read another book to find out to find out if her curse is lifted to find out what happened to Austin. It's like, it's all leading up to an answer that we're not given. That's what I mean. If this book was Cerise and Devereaux, book number two was Austin and the mystery betrothed. Book number three was Soleil and somebody I would be more inclined to read it because I like series more like mm -hmm. that. I'm not a huge fan of the series where every book is the same couple and you're just delaying the inevitable. Well, even if they had resolved the issue in the first book and she did continue to help him or whatever. So what do you, what do you um, rate this book? So I would rate this a three, I guess, like just three panties. Like there's no wetness here. I really liked him being a berserker. Yeah. He's got a lot of potential. Like I said, it was a super easy mm -hmm. read very lighthearted. It's in KU, which is always a bonus. Mm -hmm. But I just have too many questions at this point, And I don't know if I'll read future books. If I do, like, it'll just be because I have free time and I want something easy. Yeah, that's funny. Because whenever a book leaves you with questions, you don't rate it very high. <laughs> <laughs> like you want answers damn it i mean i just read 250 plus pages why do i have these questions I don't know. Uh, what do you rate it i i actually i liked the book i thought it was hilarious the conversation between them I, there was stuff in it that i didn't get and wasn't answered so i would probably give it the same thing i would probably give it three panties okay yeah, I really liked her relationship with Soleil. So there were things I really liked mm -hmm. about it. It's not that I disliked it. It's more so that it didn't like grip me and I have to know what happens with these people. Yeah. If that and makes sense. And once again, you know, like I've said before, there's a lot of other books out in the world that I want to read. And so it's really hard for me to like say, oh, I'm going to read the next. Unless a book absolutely knocks me off my feet. I'm not, I'm not going to mm -hmm. read the next book because there's other books that are in the queue. But right now I was, in addition to doing this book, I was reading, I was doing an audio book and I was doing, uh, reading another book. And so that's hard for me because like I was reading the next Corsair book by Ruby Dixon, which is the Casper's story. And I felt like I liked this, the Corsair book better. So I felt like it was kind of a drag for me to have to read this book when I wasn't getting answers when there was another book that I was very interested in reading. Then I blew through, I really, really am loving the books you turned me on to through Hoopla. I'm so excited. You're almost caught up to me, which is insanity. Yeah. Who's the author? Lisa Claypus. I love these books. I love period pieces anyway in movies 
but I've already uh-huh. finished the first, second, and third book, Cold Hearted Rake, Marrying Mr. Winterborn, and Devil in Spring, the unabridged version. I gave all uh-huh. of these five very wet panties. <laughs> Which is insane for listeners because you don't just do that for i don't all these books are swoon worthy i love the narrator she's great to listen to the way she does the voices and her english accent it's perfect for this type of subject matter and yeah i'm gonna start the fourth book and i i have to tell you you know how yesterday had a hair appointment and I was listening to uh-huh. the Devil in Spring <laughs> as I'm driving <laughs> to the hair appointment, and they are—they're having sex, and it's so fucking hot. And I'm when I come up to a stoplight, I turn the volume down on the radio, even though my windows are up because I'm terrified somebody's going to hear <laughs> what I'm listening to, and it's so descriptive. These books are romantic, funny hot mm-hmm. sexually so anyway i i pull up into the parking lot and i'm thinking i can't even fucking get out of this car i'm gonna swoon so heavily to walk into the hairdressers but i finally make it in there right and so he's colors my hair and i hate having my hair blow i hate for them to blow dry my hair and fix it when they're done coloring it i've been sitting long enough i need to get out of the chair and i need to get home there's a million other things i'd rather be doing in fact my last hairdresser used to have a fit because i would never let her dry my hair and this guy is really gets mad when i tell him (laughs) that you want want to leave he's all i'm gonna curl your hair for you because i had to reschedule your appointment i go no 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 don't even bother to blow dry it and i'm back at the sinks right so it's me and him and some other girl and whoever her hairdresser is right next to us at the next sink and i'm like don't even bother i need to get home don't draw don't even dry it i need to leave and he turns to his coworker and he goes can you believe this person she doesn't even want me to dry her hair can you hear that and he's rinsing my hair and he whispers to me he goes okay but i'm gonna have to punish you the next time you come in to get your hair done you're like yes Yes, please please. (laughs) Uh, of course he's gay but it's like i he had no idea the effect that that had on me especially after listening to this book Mm -hmm. but can you believe he said that to me i'm like oh my god oh my god (laughs) he's pretty funny though he is he's very funny (laughs) we have a really good relationship we talk about so much crap it's unbelievable yeah that's as that's as bad as one day, I'm going to tell you this real quick. So this guy comes in, I may have already okay. told you, but when I was working, this guy came into work and I'm like instantly attracted to him. He's like my age, which is shocking. And we're doing a little flirting back and forth and he starts to walk away and he turns around, he comes back and says, puts his card on my desk and says, give me your number. I'm like, oh, you're going to call me? And he goes, yeah. So I put my number on there because I'm like, sure. Why not? I hand it to him. And as he's walking out, he says something to one of my coworkers, a guy that works there. And I'm like, what are you saying? He goes, nothing. I'm not saying anything. So later, of course, he calls me to go out on a date. And I Uh said, yeah, okay, we'll go out on a date. I go, what did you say to my 
coworker and he starts laughing goes you sure you want me to tell you and I go yeah because I'm thinking I'm not gonna go out with this guy I told I stopped and I said to your coworker, that girl really needs a spanking <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my fucking god <laughs> yeah unfortunately we went out to lunch and it turned out that we were not a match at all and I wanted nothing to do was going out with him again so much wasted potential. so much wasted potential <laughs> i thought holy fuck this guy is the guy for me that's yeah. so funny so what's happening with you so i have been actually reading that series by alessa oh! thorne i don't know if you ever started it the fey universe oh. series book one mm. was kiss of the blood prince i, I have it downloaded but i haven't started it did you start it you started it what do you think so i had read book one a while ago and i just never continued book one was okay right. i have since read book two and oh, wow. three i've read those in the last couple wow. of days they're really oh. good highly recommend i mean we really like that author anyways we really liked oh that series God. with asterian yeah, it's more of the same. Uh, book three, I think, is like my favorite at this okay. point. And that book introduces a whole nother cast of characters, which feeds into a spinoff series. Oh. So I'm going to definitely read book number four in that series and just keep going with it. It's really good. Well, I have that on my list. And as soon as I'm done with this Corsair book, I have to read Throne of the Horde King by Zoe Draven. It's the last, it's book uh -huh. six in the Horde King series. And this series is honestly, God, one of my favorite series I've ever read. It's sexy. It's yeah. hot. I love the relationship between the Horde King that's featured in each book, a different one in each book. In fact, we reviewed one of them, but mm -hmm. this is the last one and I'm heartbroken. It's the last one that she's going to write in this series, but I have a whole list of her other books that I'm going to read after this last one. Oh, yeah. nice. So good author Def find. Definitely recommend checking her yeah, out too. Absolutely. Yeah. And other than that, that's it. I was telling my hairdresser about our plans for Saturday for your daughter's birthday party and he had into the same place and was filling me in on it okay yeah, yeah. Nice. so i'm looking forward to it i'm excited for that oh too. my god yeah okay all right should we announce the oh, next yes, book please so our next book we haven't done this for a while but we're actually going to be doing an anthology so the next book is kingdoms of night uh the anthology and so you're going to read one story from there I'm going to read a different story from there and we're going to talk about the two stories. Yes, I'm looking forward. I started that last night. Oh, I guess I was reading four books at once. I don't know. Oh, geez. <laughs> I can't remember where my car keys are, but I'm reading four books at one time. So, okay. All right. Well, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. Oh, I'm probably going to continue to watch the Trixie Motel, which I'm loving. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Oh my God. It's like my dream to get a 60s motel and be able to remake it and he's hilarious he she is hilarious i love her i love him i love the guy he's with yeah partner i they're not married though right i think they're just I think partners so. uh, that's a super cute show have you gotten to the episode that they go to the brady bunch no house? Oh, okay so you're not that far ahead yet that's a cute episode no because i've been painting a lot it took me three hours today to do one of those witches in that thing I'm painting right now. Oh my gosh. 
I wouldn't have the patience for it's that. It's like I do it and then I'm like, I don't like how this looks. So I have to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it. Oh, and then I started listening to Nicole Byers is on the Trixie Hotel Motel. Do you remember that? Okay. Yes. So she's got her a podcast called Why Won't You Date Me? <laughs> okay. Is <laughs> yes. it funny? Um she's pretty yeah, funny. I love her. So nailed it. So anyway, I am <laughs> <laughs> I loved when she did that on the Trixie show. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've been listening to that while I'm painting, so I'm enjoying that. Okay, why won't you date me? I'll have to yeah, check, I'll it, check out. it out. Well, I'm just going to work on the older kid's birthday, and the kids go back to school next week. Thank oh. God. So, but on the flip side, like I said, I'm now on the PTA for the school, so I have a bunch of the PTA shit ramping no, up. No, come on. That's what I will be planning for the next few days i'm the worst mother in the world i don't want you doing the pta <laughs> so you can fuck off and get in trouble with me <laughs> don't do the responsible thing come hang out with me i'll do right, both good. i can we'll do have both. to start walking again in the morning please okay okay i'm getting heavier by the day i need to move <laughs> okay moving is over <laughs> Oh, it's good for your heart. Okay. Oh, shut up. Okay. Life is overrated. <laughs> no, that's my line. Maybe you have been hanging along around with me too long. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So we'll funny. help elevate your mood too. So there you go. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. I'm okay. Fine. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.